0: You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. Monday nights, up late. Broadcasting
1: from stolen land. Satellite skies. Satellite skies. Satellite skies.
2: Highlighting, DIY and autonomous politics music and subculture with a different theme each week.
3: I wanna burn the sky, I wanna burn the breeze. I wanna see the animals. I want to bend them
0: Good evening, welcome to Halcyon Days, a show about finding beauty, making refuges, heading underground and gazing at the detritus in the end times. The 3CR studios are on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to their elders past and present, as well as the custodians of the lands and waters across the country where our content reaches. And in the context of this show, it's important that we recognise that sovereign first peoples have survived many apocalypses, and continue to do so with creativity, strength and power. I'm Mia, I'll be with you for the next hour. On my last show, I made space for peace amidst the chaos of collapse. Tonight, I'm feeling angry. If you wanna feel angry with me and muddy through that anger to something lighter on the other side, stay tuned. If it's not what you need right now, I get it. My last, gentler show is available on demand through the 3CR website. There will be moments of grief and darkness, So tread carefully and seek the help you need. If anything in this show brings up feelings bigger than you feel you can contain, I encourage you to lean on the resources available. Lifeline's 24-hour crisis support hotline is 13 11 14. We just heard Four Degrees from Anoni's 2016 album, Hopelessness. Underneath Me, Global Warming Kills Us All by Buffalo Daughter. This week, again, I spent time talking to kids about climate change. And again, I had questions like, How old were you when you learnt about this? Is it too late? Are we all going to die? I made my usual fumbling attempt at balancing reassurance and honesty, and had a teacher thank me for, quote, showing the kids that this is their problem to solve so yes i'm angry and grieving for the kinds of futures these kids should have but won't get to in the words of greta Thunberg, adults keep saying we owe it to the young people to give them hope but i don't want your hope i don't want you to be hopeful i want you to panic i want you to feel the fear i feel every day and then i want you to act i want you to act as if your house is on fire Because it is. I'll be playing tunes that let me sit in this space, keep me company and guide me through the dark. In between, words of comfort and truth, including an interview with a dear friend who brings her grief and wisdom into a different kind of education space. Thanks for being here with me, in the cracks, in the mess, in the underground. I'd love you to stick around. Here's local legends Cash Savage and the Last Drinks with Collapse.
4: Standing on the water's
5: edge, dreaming of you, and a world will leave behind, when all
0: PCR. Here to stay. you heard from cash savage and the last drinks with collapse from their album good citizens they have a new record coming out next month which they'll be launching at the corner hotel on june 23 just now you are listening to one eye open a track from danish artist trent moeller's 2016 album fiction And underneath me, a little snippet of burial remixing Fortet and it rained all night. You're with Mia on Halcyon Days, a show of satellite skies. We're meeting in the sky among the three CR airwaves to grieve together. I'm so grateful you're here and giving space to pain. I'd love to share a poem that feels true, that lets me sit still and helps me think of moving. It's by Emily Swanson, and was shared in a webinar as part of The Wilds Beyond Climate Justice, an online summit that happened in 2020. The poem is called Palimpsest. Life is not safe. You will not survive as you are, not even through breakfast. The cereal will change you. The milk, the cream in your coffee has already conspired with the sugar and yourself will never be the same. This living is dangerous work. To be fully alive, you must risk everything you are each moment. Living is an entanglement, an orgiastic engagement, a dissolution. Everything is changed by everything else, and when something that has touched you is changed, you are changed again. This is the way of it in an entangled universe. We are helpless to our changing. The frozen and glacial belief that we control how we change has finally crashed into the sea, and the waters are rising and submerging the coastlines we try to control with our wild intentions. Our lives lay alongside, on top of, inside, outside, underneath the lives of other bodies, other intelligences power is not dominion over power is participation power is listening power is allowing ourselves to be rubbed against to be penetrated to be changed to die to what we thought we were and open to our expansiveness our beauty our monstrousness in the face of a throbbingly alive world. We do not know what we will become. We write our story alongside and on top of the stories of the spoon and the table, of the highway and the forgotten forests. Be willing to walk away at each moment from all you thought you knew about yourself and the world. Be willing to surrender again and again and again to the otherness of coffee, of computers, of pine trees. The world has intention for us. We are seeking one another. Do not believe in your loneliness. What you feel as loneliness is the pull and call of the world for more engagement. Listen and respond. Allow your soft body to rub off on the world, and the world to rub off on you. Let the marks be left. Become bird and glacier, spoon and table, forgotten forest and highway. Let them converse with the galaxy of your skin. Become more world, as the world becomes more you.
4: Stepping in, I'm happy as I ever been. Come tell you what the cadence is, it's folded in the evidences. So you wanna leave a mark? You're honing in on Meadow Park. I heard you guys are very safe, caught up with the the featherweights. the Fidel's and heartbreak beats And smidges of bad ecstasy I must have left it in my pocket With my Christianity and my rocket I'm binging hard on Annette Bennet And listening to R.E.M. again Begin to begin, over and over Begin to begin, over and over I am not in Kansas Where I am, I don't know where Walk and blame this on the water dripping off the spear the border oh godmother you can't ignore us there isn't anybody else left to love us i wanted you when i was a child i raked the leaves i started fires now i'm reading whatever you give me that's half your fault so half forgive me i'm way behind Sleepless emotional crashes Two days into one, shove them together I always wake up way before the weather My mother needs an army But I'm leaving home and I'm scared that I won't Have the balls to punch a Nazi Father, what is wrong with me? I am not in Kansas Where I am, I don't know where Walk can blame this on the water dripping off the spear. Oil droppers rubber gloves, I rake the leaves, I lit them up, I read whatever it is you give me Half your fault, so half forgive me At the real Neil Armstrong Taught me to play cutthroat At my end of this house While my real dead skate Got caught in the ice He drove us home with a spiral fracture It was then I was enlightened Roberta Flack, the hallway home I was entirely unfrightened Dozing off and eternally unalone The flowers cover all everything. They cover over everything. The flowers cover over everything. I am not in Kansas where I am. I don't know where. Take me for a walk and blame this on the water dripping off the spear.
0: The National, with Not In Kansas, from their album I Am Easy To Find, released 2019. And before that, Holy Fields, by Bon Iver, from the same year. This is 3CR. This is Satellite Skies. This is Halcyon Days. This is Mia. I feel a softening of this dark sky as we slow the pace, and I hope you feel it too. And if you're burdened by the weight of everything falling apart, know that you're not alone and that the heaviness is vital to the carrying on. Here's Courtney Martin's reminder about the passion that fuels us. It's not a passion fueled on prediction. It's a passion born of everything falling apart. I'm trying to resist the urge to stitch it back together with my own shaking hands. I'm trying to instead just look really look around at the detritus, to feel the pain and lostness of it, the strange pleasure of being so close to the bone. I'm taking it in, my own powerlessness and power, side by side, how it was always this way, and I'm just now internalising it at a level that is changing me, how I don't know what it will become, how I can't know, and I shouldn't try. You're with Mia on Halcyon Days. This is 3CR 855 AM. Let's not try. Let's listen to Lana Del Rey together and feel a little less alone.
1: Long Beach and I miss you, and babe. I miss dancing with you the most of all. I miss the bar where the beach boys would go. Dennis's last stop before Kokomo. Those nights were on fire, we couldn't get higher, we didn't know. He
5: wants you before the fire
1: rock and roll I want shit to feel just like it used to when baby I was doing nothing the most of all
0: Is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the indigenous, the poor, and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation, and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison.
4: It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view, the people who work in the prison system would have another.
3: And we're still talking about revolution.
0: It's just gone quarter to midnight. You're on 3CR 855 AM. And we just heard from Lana Del Rey, Sorry, and the late, great David Bowie, remixed by Air. We need a better future. There is much to mourn and much to fear, but I hope through the course of this evening you've glimpsed the role of fear and mourning in getting us somewhere better. If not, perhaps this quote from queer Chinese Australian author Mimi Zhu will help. There is a collective mourning underway. We mourn futures, both immediate and stretching into the distance. All my hairs are standing with the static and anxiety-inducing uncertainty of each tomorrow. We are mourning conditioned ideas, cleansing our minds of propaganda. We are forced to consider impermanence and joy in the present, to adapt and shift and realise that the soil is fertile for the seeds of dreaming. While we grieve loss and weep into the vast empty plains that remain, our tears and joy nourish the soil for dream futures to be seeded, cherished and realised. That was Mimi Zhu, a homegrown, now Brooklyn-based writer I love to collect words like theirs to comfort me, as well as challenge my sense of place within the mess of collapse. Fortunately, there are countless writers, artists, musicians, elders, academics, and folks of all kinds who generously speak to this moment. I'm fortunate to know some personally and honored to bring their words to you here. Tonight, a dear friend and another homegrown queer writer whose work in academia is shaking up more than human geography and our relationship with waste. There's nobody I'd rather gaze at the detritus with, and I can't wait to usher you into her messy world. Here's Willow Ross. Willow, thanks so much for joining me on Halcyon Days.
2: It's my pleasure.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about your research?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I dive into bins for my research. I'm pretty interested in how we throw things out and what gets thrown out and why, and then what happens to that waste afterward. So some people call that the social afterlife of waste. And, um, my research is involved in talking to dumpster divers and going with my friends who dumpster dive and asking them about their experience of dumpster diving, what it feels like, smells like, tastes like. And then reporting back on that and using that as a way to reflect on the afterlife of waste. Awesome. A word that comes to mind hearing and having read a little bit
0: about the work that you're doing is anthropocenic. I'm wondering if you can speak a bit to this language or other language that you're hearing people in your field use to describe this moment in time.
2: Mm. That's great. I'm going to hijack the question a little bit, Please. flip it on its head, but... I think you're right. I think it is very Anthropocene, what we're doing. But it's also it's also very close to the word Anthropocentric, which is something we're trying to get away from with our research. So I guess a lot of people that I'm talking to or thinking with or listening to are thinking about how this time, what scientists have decided to call the Anthropocene, what other people call things like the Plantationocene or the Capitalocene, is a really good time to think about Humans' place in the world and also the place of others, non human others, and what they do. So, with my work, it is very anthropocenic, it's very end times. It's how do we flourish in the cracks and the detritus and the waste that's floating around, but it's also who else is there flourishing alongside us that we're not noticing? What humans and what non humans are in there with, in the bin with us?
0: Mm. And de- in a way, decentering the human kind of brings to light the complexity of this moment that all the negative language doesn't get at how there are other species and other ways of being that are flourishing, even in this time that we often perceive as quite dark or as being a time characterised by endings, right?
2: Right, totally. There are new ways of living and it It shows that life is stubborn and hangs on and adapts in these interesting ways and they're not always positive, but they're new and they're worth understanding. Mm,
0: totally. Given that though, I mean, it is an era characterized by chaos and mess. I think we can agree. Mm. And for many, there is a sense of urgency and the need to make drastic changes, especially for us humans. What role do you see for academia in that?
2: I see a really clear role for academia in that. I think A lot of us younger academics, especially, are pretty disillusioned with the university. We understand its historical roots in colonialism, in capitalism, in white supremacy. We understand its limitations that continue today. Um, So I think a cynical approach to the university isn't such a bad thing. Taking from it what we can, and especially taking from it in a way that is almost like pulling scrap material off a very expensive, very rich person's building and taking it back to your community to build smaller shelters and more resilient shelters. And that's the kind of the way I approach academia.
0: Very cool. And do you feel like there are many people or much of a community that you've been able to tap into who are operating along those lines within those institutions?
2: Mm. It's small and it's hard to find sometimes, but I have found that. I found that amongst people who do identify as activist academics or academic activists. I found that in the smaller circles, especially in geography where I'm active, because it seems like geographers are thinking a lot about place and people and often thinking about community as a result.
0: Mm. And how do you see those conversations translating to the day-to-day? Do you feel like there are ways in and ways out of that? Is it dialoguing with the wider community?
2: It's definitely dialoguing with the wider community. I think it's, it's dialoguing with the people that we're either tangled up with in everyday life or connected to in more invisible ways communities who have been dispossessed because of the wealth and privilege that other communities have or communities that have taught us a lot. I think a lot of academia, even going back to your last question, is about historical dialogue with kind of academic elders who've taught us amazing things by their critiques, whether it's black feminists like bell hooks or queer geographers or interventionist artists who are kind of dipping a toe into academia and teaching us all a lesson. Mm. Which
0: I guess leads me to wonder and to ask how you're thinking about your methods and your methodology and how your research is being carried out. Have you found ways to work both within that institution, but also get creative and kind of queer or radicalize the way that research is done? Yeah.
2: So I'm really lucky to have a supervisor who's been super supportive of the work that I do. And kind of turned to me and said, look, you're talking about things that I don't really understand. I don't do, she said to me, I don't do queer geography. I don't really have the activist geography lens on my work. But you obviously do this. This is your life. So bring that in. And don't be afraid to do that. So with with her encouragement, I've been able to develop research methods that feel a lot more at home in the activist work I do than what I thought of as the university space. So a key part of my research is making zines with my participants, who are mostly friends, some of whom I've made zines with before. And it's a way not only to present the work in a kind of unsettling, destabilising way that kind of puts the finger up at academia and all of their kind of rigid processes around papers, but also it's creating resources for the community.
0: Mm, Awesome. That sounds so cool. And you did touch on the fact that alongside your academic work, you're involved in some community organising. There's no need to go into what that looks like for you, but I'm wondering on a personal level how you go straddling those worlds, particularly given that we are at a point of global ecological crisis.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's often tiring and often we're up past 10pm doing things that we should be doing earlier in the day. But I think it's boundaries for me. Mm -hmm. ironic because we're crossing a lot of geological boundaries right now and a lot of thresholds but for me there is an importance in holding on to other boundaries like having weekends to yourself Mm -hmm. and creating a line where it's i'm going to focus just on my research today and i know there's organizing tasks buzzing in the back of my head but they're going to stay on a piece of paper and i'm going to do them tomorrow morning Mm -hmm. for me boundaries are really helpful
0: and what about finding time for you talk about gazing at the detritus i guess mixed in with that is looking at the beauty of this world and the livingness of this world, especially given that so much of it has been and is being and will be lost. Do you manage Mm. to find time for that as well?
2: I do. I do. I think that's some of my favourite moments is when you kind of have a clear headed just second of breath of air when you look around and you think this is amazing what we're still doing in these times, whether that's kind of a rave at the end of history or whether it's looking at urban ibis and how they've adapted to life living on junk food and waste. It's these amazing moments (laughs) beautiful
0: bin chickens (laughs) awesome um well i'm so appreciative that you came on the show and i'm sure there's plenty of people listening who would be curious to follow your work is there anywhere that they
2: are able to do that oh thanks for that question mia (laughs) um there actually is um if you go online and type in binchicken.space you'll find a blog which has some of my research updates there'll be more of them in the future it's pretty empty at the moment but it's a good place to sign up
0: (laughs) all right thank you so much will it's been a pleasure thanks mia That was Willow Ross with her thoughts on Bin Chickens and the End Times. And with that, the sun begins to set, or perhaps slowly rise on this solemn sacred hour. And maybe you sense a shift in mood with this track, Childish Gambino's Feels Like Summer. As one of my favourite authors Meg John Barker writes about extensively in their work, staying with difficult feelings is the most effective way to move through them. I'm so grateful to have shared this journey through anger with you and would love to end the show with some tentatively joyous sounds. This track will be my last. Thanks for joining me on this journey of pain and companionship amidst the mess. You've been listening to Mia on Halcyon Days, 3CR 855 AM. From the Paris Rebellions of 1968. Love without limit, play without restraint live without dead time. become a 3CR subscriber today. Go to 3CR